Be turning your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I do want to make you aware that uh, I was uh, was talking to Stan a while ago and and Winford was able to come home today, so we're thankful for that. But continue to remember uh, Winford and Sue uh, and as they continue to try to get those things regulated with with Winford and pray for them, as well as all of those on our prayer list. Do you ever worry? Do you worry about things? You know, when you look around in our nation, we are very blessed, aren't we? When we look around at each other, we are very blessed. When we hear stories from Brother Steve and others about in other parts of the country how we realize then, after seeing those people in those parts of the world, after hearing stories of those people in those parts of the world, we realize how blessed we are. And if we're so blessed, then why do we worry sometimes? Why do we worry about things so much? Someone has said one reason is because we have been blessed so much. It's our response to abundance. In their book, The Day America Told the Truth, authors James Patterson and Peter Kim revealed some shocking statistics on how far people in this country are willing to go for money. 25% of people said they would abandon their entire family for money. 23% said they would become prostitutes for a week or more for money. 16% of people would give up their American citizenship for money. 16% would live, leave their spouses all for money. 10% said that they would withhold testimony and let a murderer go free for money. 7% of people said that they would kill a stranger for money. 3% of people said they would put their children up for adoption all for money. And yet we live in one of the most blessed nations in all the world. Sometimes people just worry, worry, worry. Now as we look at the idea of worry tonight, I don't want us to think about not being concerned with things because as parents we should be concerned about things that our children are involved in or if we have smaller children we should be concerned if they run across the road or run behind a car. There's a difference between carefree and careless. In the original language, the word had the idea of being distracted. And so we ask ourselves the question, am I distracted with worry? So I want us to look at what Jesus talks about and deals with worry in Matthew chapter 6 beginning in verse 25. And I want us to pick out three principles in our time tonight that He tells us about worry. Chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? 
So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The first principle that Jesus shares with us here in Matthew chapter 6 about worry is, number one, stop. He says, do not worry. When I think about the word or the term worry and what it means, I think about an elderly lady years ago when we lived in Decatur, back in the late 90s. And she lived down the street from our church building. And Greta and I had the opportunity of picking her up and taking her home sometimes. And I was amazed and grew to love this lady and learn from her knowledge and her faith. And she would talk to us about those things. And I can remember her talking about the weather. And we would talk about the rain or the storms or this or that or the other as it pertained to the weather. And this is what she would say. She said, I don't worry about the weather. I just take what God gives me and goes on. And she said, I couldn't change it anyway. You know, I'm, I'm sure Sister Martha Reeves is not worrying about the weather even now. For she's passed on and into glory. There's a story about two Wall Street business executives. They met in a local coffee shop. Gene and Ed. Gene asked Ed about his health. Ed said, I feel great. My ulcers are gone and I don't have a care in the world. Gene said, that's wonderful. How did that happen? Ed said, well, you know, my doctor told me my ulcers were caused from worrying. So I hired myself a professional worrier. Whenever something comes up and that I start worrying about, I just turn it over to him and he does all my worrying for me. Boy, Gene said, I'd like to hire someone to do that for me. How much does it ch- do, do they charge? $100,000, Gene, uh, uh, Ed said. Gene asked, how in the world can you afford to pay him so much? Ed said, I don't know. I'll let him worry about it. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh, me. One man has said, now I want you to hear this. Worry is prayer to the wrong God. Worry is prayer to the wrong God. Don't you think Satan uses worry against us? The original Anglo-Saxon word meant to choke or to strangle. If you look it up in Webster's Dictionary, it means trouble or plague. I love some of the things that Charles Swindoll writes. And he writes this about worry. I have never seen a gravestone that reads, He died of worry. But some of them ought to read that way, he says. 
How many illnesses are directly connected with our worries? Our anxieties, trying to take the responsibility that was designed for God to handle. If you can't handle it, why are you trying to handle it? If you can't change it, why are you worrying about it? When I read that, it makes me really think about my own life. Because I have a tendency to worry about things. Even things that I can't control. Maybe you're like that. Remember, worry means distracted. And I think that's what Satan, how Satan uses worry against us to distract us from what we ought to be thinking about and dwelling on. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Many times we can get distracted and worried about the wrong things. I think about Martha. Hold your finger there in Matthew chapter 6 and look over to Luke chapter 10. You remember the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus comes to their house? Jesus was a close friend to Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is there with Mary and Martha. Luke chapter 10 verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His word. But Martha was distracted. Maybe she was worried. With much serving and she approached Him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Sounds like good advice. Sounds like Martha had become worried and anxious and troubled even about something good like serving instead of maybe remembering who she was serving. And so, one principle that we can gain from what Jesus says tonight, if you want to overcome worry, just don't do it. Just stop. But then look at what He says in verses 26 and following. He says, look, look around, here's some examples. He gives some areas of providential care of God. Number one, He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, they do not reap, and yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. Now this didn't mean that they didn't work, that they just sat by and let God do everything. They did work. In fact, they are often some of the most busiest animals, gathering food, preparing nests, and caring for their young. But they are not guilty of overdoing it, or overdoing a good thing, like the rich fool in Luke chapter 12, you remember? He had been blessed so much and he said, oh man, what am I going to do? Man, I have all this stuff. What, What do I do now? Let me tear down my barns and build bigger barns. And the Lord said, you fool. Tonight your soul has been required of you. Then what's going to happen to all this stuff? They are not overdoing or guilty of overdoing a good thing. Jesus then asked a rhetorical question. Are you... Not more valuable 
than the birds? Are you not more valuable than birds? And yet God takes care of the birds of the air? In Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 and following, Jesus says, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? He asked. And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value, value than many sparrows. Jesus says that about us. You are more value, valuable than the birds. God has numbered the very hairs of your head. Now I think about that and I think, the Lord has a sense of humor, doesn't He? Because the numbers of my head have dwindled over the years. But yet, the Bible says the Lord has numbered the hairs of your head. You are more valuable than the birds and God takes care of them. And then He says, look at the lilies of the field. How they grow. They do not toil or spin, and yet even Solomon, the great Solomon in all of his glory, was not arrayed like these. And if God so chose to clothe the lilies of the field, is He not able to clothe us as well? I think about the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. We talked about Abraham this morning. Lord willing, we'll get to some of those other heroes. And how they lived by faith, not perfectly, and they learned from some of their experiences. And yet we see how God provided and took care of them. Jesus asked, how can we grow by worrying? The, the, the fact is, we cannot. It will keep us from growing. In fact, it will hinder us. It will affect our health. And so how do we overcome that? Well, a simple principle that Jesus gives us here in Matthew 6 and verse 33. Focus. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. In the November 1999 issue of Outside Magazine, in an article entitled, The Trees, Lovely, Dark, and Deep, it says that one of the, the favorite extremes of skiers is running through a strand of trees after a fresh, deep snow. It's extremely dangerous, as in the years past we've heard of other famous people doing this and getting injured or killed, Sonny Bono, Michael Kennedy... They died after crashing in the trees while skiing through trees like this. Tim Etchells, the writer of the article, says, What you focus your eyes on becomes critical in the woods. Look at the spaces between the trees, the exits where you hope to be traveling. The secret is not to stare at what you don't want to hit. Makes sense skiing through trees, doesn't it? But what about walking through life? When Satan pops up a tree here, a tree there, a tree there. Worry here, worry there, distraction here, distraction there. What is our focus 
through those worries, through those troubles, through those distractions, Jesus said, focus on the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek His kingdom first. I'm reminded of what the Proverbs writer says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I encourage you to underline this verse, these verses in your Bible. Memorize them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. What does the proverb writer say? Focus on God. Give Him all your troubles, all your distractions. As Satan brings them up in your life, like he did in the life of Abraham, bring those things to God. Focus on God, His righteousness, His kingdom, and God will take care of us. You see, Jesus said seek. And seeking is an action verb. To seek means to look for, to pursue to try to get or achieve something. So seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Pursue that. Look for it. Focus on it. And when we do that, we will find true happiness and contentment instead of unhappiness. You see, people in our world, they're looking for true happiness. They're looking for relief from worry. I like the way Paul put it in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and following. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Tonight, what is our focus? Satan will try to distract us with many, many worries. Jesus would remind us, hey, look at the birds. Look at the grass. Look at the things around us, how God takes care of those things. Are you not more valuable than they? Have you ever heard of the serenity prayer? Great words. I want to share it with you. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. There's a few more verses. Living one day at a time. Enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. Taking as He did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that He will make all things right if I surrender to His will. That I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with Him forever in the next. Amen. When I was in high school, we had a cool principle. I really, really liked, respected, and thought a lot of our principal. We had a principal that during pep rallies would get out with, in the, on the gym floor you know, with, the, with some of the kids when the band was playing and whatnot and dance around, just have a good time. And that was, that was cool. But he also would, would speak to all the students in the hallway 
And, and, and that was pretty cool. But there was one thing that Mr. Woods always did. You never know when it was going to be. Typically, it was on a beautiful spring afternoon. He would come on the loudspeaker and he would say, Students, it's time to stop and smell the roses. And what that meant for us students is, class is over, we have 15 minutes before we have to go to the next class. None of this five minutes bell rings, run to your next class. Fifteen minutes of man, people got out of class, went outside, talking, visiting, enjoying one another. What was he trying to get us to understand? It's important to stop. To stop even from the everyday mundane things like schoolwork, which can be good, and take note of what God has given us and focus on the good things. Jesus would say, stop. Smell the roses in a sense. Look around at the birds and the grass and how God takes care of things and focus on God. And that will help us to win against worry. Focusing on God and His righteousness. Tonight, if you're not a child of God, it's our prayer that you will, that you're here and that you are ready and willing to give God your life through faith and obedience, through declaring that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And not only saying that, but showing it, declaring it before God and before mankind by going down in that watery grave of baptism to rise in newness of life, to be washed of your sins, to be added to the Lamb's book of life. And then you too can go on your way focusing on the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Maybe it is you're here tonight and Satan has popped up, I mean a forest of worries and troubles in your life. What better time than to stop, than to look around and say, even among all these worries, I am truly blessed. And let us pray with you and pray for you. And let us together encourage one another to focus on the kingdom of God and His righteousness. If you're here tonight and you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, don't wait another moment, but come forward and let us assist you any way we can. As together we stand and sing.